From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly and John DeShazer. My oh my, what a weekend for uh, the Pelicans and the Saints. So that makes for a great Black and Blue Report here on this Monday. Hi again everybody, I'm Sean Kelly. John DeShazer is with me. Producer Dan's across the way and we've got a, a, a show that's full Full, full, full of stuff today. Mostly Saints football after their win yesterday over the uh, San Francisco 49ers, 23-20. to 20. Uh, But it uh, feels good on this Monday morning. It kind, of, it kind of takes away the gloom and doom of the weather, which is just awful around the metro area this morning. I don't know what time you'll be uh, finding the black and blue report today, but hopefully the weather is better wherever you may be or whatever time of the day it is. But the, uh, the commute in today, J.D., was, uh, well winter-like as far as just gray and wet and blah, but I didn't care. <laughs> I didn't care after this weekend. Can I compare it to Seattle? Should I do that? Are people from Seattle going to be tweeting you now because I said that? They might because okay. we may get some people listening in Seattle now okay. over the next two weeks, and okay. we'll talk about that game down the road. Okay, but. that's at Sean Kelly Live. No, um, <laughs> no it was <laughs> – that's, that's real cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it was good stuff, man. I um actually somebody uh somebody tweeted me a fan last night saying how exhausted they were because of all the uh, emotional uh, twists and turns that went into it, and, and and the more I think about it, you know, I I don't know if I'm tired because of that or because of you know what I was drinking last night. But anyway, I uh no no I'm just kidding, folks. I'm just kidding. No, great game. It uh, had some highs and lows, and obviously some big twists and turns, and and uh, for the Saints to win it the way they did, to be able to overcome the way they did. I thought really spoke a lot to uh, the character of this team. This this isn't the game this team could have won last year. I mean, I think anybody who saw this team last year knows they would not have won such a game last year. But to overcome three turnovers the way they did and, and a failed fourth down conversion and all of those situations leading to points, I mean, that would have been a, a 42 to 20 kind of loss last year. But, you know, for those guys to overcome that and to actually win the game and to be the quality opponents, that, you know, says a lot about this year's team. There's no doubt. And uh, speaking of exhausted, Sean Payton after the game yesterday was rather hoarse. Uh, I think that he uh, poured himself into that one as well. I'll be curious to see how hoarse he is this morning. Later on, as we usually do on Monday morning, we'll get Sean Payton's uh, post, uh, post-game post 24 hours later type press conference, which is going to be a conference call with the media today, and we'll feature the highlights from that later on during this edition of the Black and Blue Report. We'll see if he is um, uh, has more throat to oh, him I'm today. Sure he's you know found some Ricola or something. Something Ricola. Yes. Um, the only thing I couldn't stomach on the way in this morning, back to the commute just for a moment, was the national talk about the uh, Saints game yesterday. Uh, certainly. Certainly there would be some eyebrows raised on the San Francisco side about the the clothesline hit on Drew Brees that kept that drive alive. Um, but it is what it is. The rule is what it is. And the other thing that rubbed me wrong was everybody talked about how the, the 49ers got cheated out of a win and all this kind of stuff. Um, 
might want to might want to clip the 200 yard mark on total offense. Might want to do a few other things uh, to say that you uh, had it ripped away from you by a controversial call. I just well, had a hard time I, stomaching that stuff. And I, I, and I know. I know I'm biased, but I, I truly am objectively looking at this one here. No, I don't think that's a bias. I mean, the rule is pretty clear. You cannot hit the quarterback high. You cannot hit him high. You cannot hit him high. And I don't know, you know, what – you can put it in hieroglyphics if you want to, but it's in the rule book. You can't hit him high. So once you hit him high, there's going to be a price to pay. Now, I don't like driving 35 miles an hour. I don't, but that's the law. You know, so you can't hit the guy high. You know, I can't drive 45 into 35 without getting a ticket. You can't hit a quarterback high without getting a ticket. And they got the ticket, and they end up paying the price for it. So all the other, you know, I guess um, I don't want to say whining because that sounds a little whiny. But all the other <laughs> – everything else that goes along with it is just, you know, pretty ridiculous. I mean, it's clear that Ahmad Brooks hit Drew Brees high. There's a reason he was bleeding high. You know, and it wasn't because of harsh language. It was because he got hit up high. And so, you know, the penalty, you know, goes along with it. And that's just the course of, of football right now. They're, they're protecting quarterbacks. They're protecting all players, obviously, but quarterbacks even more so. And if you get up around that shoulder area, and especially where Brooks ends up hitting him in the throat area and then, you know, look like a pretty good, clear snatch of the helmet, I don't know what the debate is. I mean, he hit the guy high. He got penalized for it. Get over it. Play through. There were still plays to be made after that, if I'm not mistaken. I, I could be mistaken, but I don't think that ended the game. No, but they would have said <laughs> the saying was that he, they hit him, he fumbled, the Niners would have had the ball, and that would have been it. So. Uh, but, I mean, hey, you, you live with that penalty the same as the Saints lived with Corey White's pass interference penalty, which was not a pass interference, but it ends up getting called. So you play through. Yeah. I mean, that that goes along with it. So, you you know, it, you, all, you know, I mean, it's – black and white and blue all over, or whatever you want to call it, if you go in high on the quarterback, it's going to be a penalty. So I don't know exactly what the debate is here. I don't know what anybody's talking about. That's the way it is, and, you know, in, in the story. And, 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 and in all fairness, we're going to bring in Jared Bell from USA Today on today's Black and Blue Report. I'll just ask him. He doesn't yeah. work for the same – you know, yeah. he works for a national publication. So I'll just, yeah. I'll just ask his opinion and, and – he will either agree with us or not, but we'll yeah we'll I be mean, square with re- everybody. Yeah, after reasonable people, reasonable people can agree to disagree, yes. and some people can be reasonably reasonably wrong about all right, it. So and uh, so they are. Yes. So just <laughs> so just before you think that all this podcast today is going to be with black and gold tinted glasses on, we're going to bring in a little national perspective too. We'll get his thoughts on the game and uh, and the and the weekend in general in the NFL. So that's a part of our show today. The other thing is, of course, we uh, got to talk about special teams. Uh, Producer Dan has put together a pretty good little montage that we'll have for you in segment two. Uh, it, is, uh, it is a montage of the kicker and the holder, both talking about the experience yesterday and what led up to it. Uh, of course, that would be Garrett Hartley, and then his holder, the backup quarterback, Luke McCown. So uh, that'll be a good piece. I, I, I'm, I don't think anybody else talked to Luke yesterday post game. Nobody ever talks to the holder. Right. So I think this will be something that you have not heard uh, in the last uh, – 24 or so hours regarding to the uh, the field goal performance by the Saints, the three of them in the fourth quarter that proved to go on and win 23-20. All right, uh, back to uh, your breakdown of the game. Let me let me just throw this out there and I'll let you punt it around a little bit. If you'd have told me, J.D., yesterday afternoon in preparation for the game that the Saints would be minus two in the turnover game, that Drew Brees would only throw one touchdown pass, and none of which would be to Jimmy Graham, I'd have said that, the Saints would have had a hard time winning, even at home yesterday, 
you uh you want to agree with that or oh, you know, they, and and, and, you would, you and not, how did they I not guess. a hard time winning you would have you know if you go according to that ahead of time you would think uh, it would be a loss I mean I know coach Payton keeps up with these statistics and and he's got percentages on a team's success rate when they turn the ball over you know so many times and I would imagine you know there aren't many winners in, in a minus two situation and certainly I mean the way they come I mean you know, Lance Moore, who's the most sure-handed guy on the team, muffs a punt, which leads to an 11-yard touchdown drive. And, 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 and Drew Brees' you know, interception return down to the 22, which leads to a 22-yard touchdown drive. And, and Corey White, bless his heart, you know, gets a pick and he's going in for six and then he fumbles it through the end zone and then that leads to a field goal. And, and the fourth and fourth situation where they don't convert at the Frisco 40 and Frisco drives maybe 20, 30 yards or whatever it was, and they end up kicking a field goal and, and getting all their points basically out of those plays. If you had put all that together and told me ahead of the, ahead of the game this is what's going to happen, I'd have said, well, Saints are probably going to lose that game because those are a lot of free points, and you figure San Francisco would be able to, to cobble something else together. But, uh, you know, hats off, again, hats off to Rob Ryan and his defense because Rob Ryan – has these guys playing a, a caliber of football that, you know, just was not present around here last season. And, I mean, not to kick Steve Spagnuolo around. I mean, you know, the guy's not here. And, you know, you know, unfortunately they gave up an, an NFL record 7,042 yards last year. But 196 yards to San Francisco yesterday. Uh, basically shut down Frank Gore in the running game. Colin Kaepernick in the passing game. Had the best of both worlds did the Saints defense. And, you know, in that situation, Sean Payton felt – comfortable going for that fourth and four even though they didn't make it going forward on fourth and four and not converting because he figured worst case scenario the defense will give away a field goal but they won't let him in and that's a mentality that this team could not afford to have in previous seasons because you couldn't count on that stop and so to be able to to basically play complimentary football that way okay we're going to be aggressive and we feel like we can make a mistake because the defense will cover us on it allows you to be a better football team. Everybody's got confidence in everybody. Uh, Drew Brees doesn't have to force as many passes because he knows the defense will get it back for him. You don't have to be able to run the football effectively all the time because you don't feel bad about punting because you know the defense is going to get it back for you. So, you know, those situations really, you know, resonate with this team right now. I mean, it, it's it's beautiful to see because, again, we, we weren't accustomed to seeing it these last couple of seasons. You used bless his heart, didn't you? Yeah, it said bless his heart. You, you know, that, well, you know, it's a mom, southern thing. That, yeah, that's a southern right. thing, man. You know, anytime you say bless his heart, you're getting ready to say something bad about somebody. Right. right. <laughs> but I just want to make sure I caught that in, in your in, in your monologue there that there was a bless, bless his heart. Bless his heart. All right, let's do this uh, before we get to the break and then the uh, kicker holder montage. Um, let's uh, let's do this hockey style, okay? Hockey games. At the end of the game, they always pick the three stars, which I love. Okay. All right. So, and then you know, in hockey, the the three stars all get introduced and skate on the ice and wave at the crowd oh, when the okay. team's at home. Um, all right. So, give me your three stars then for yesterday's Saints win over the Forty ers Okay. Well, one's got to be Garrett Hartley, um, who made the game winner and obviously made three field goals and had missed four of his previous six kicks and had made only sixteen out of twenty-two for the season heading into the game. So, you know, he's got to be one of the guys. Um, I think. Uh, as a unit, I really want to give some credit to the secondary. Uh, the Saints played a decent amount of eight-man fronts yesterday. Uh, they went after Kaepernick and Frank Gore, and they put some safeties in the box, obviously, to stop the running game. So the, so the corners 
were and the safeties when they were in coverage basically were left there, you know, to their own devices. And now you just got to get the job done or not. And they really got the job done. Anquan Bolden, you know, got loose for a couple of catches on on Keenan Lewis. And you know, if if you watch it closely, you know, you don't hear Frisco um, fans talking about uh, Anquan Bolden's uh, tendency to push off. But <laughs> but the secondary held up extremely well for Colin Kaepernick to pass for 127 yards. That's the kind of thing, you know, we saw yesterday where Matt Stafford threw for like 267 in the second quarter and Colin Kaepernick had 127 for the game. So that's a phenomenal job. And um, another much maligned group, uh, if I want to, if I can use it as a group, the offensive line, I think, did a phenomenal job yesterday. Not only keeping Breeze clean, you know, which, you know, they hadn't done great this year but you know yesterday I thought but also in the running game Saints ran it for 92 yards ran it 23 times I think averaged four yards a carry and that was about the range they needed to be and about the yards per carry they needed to be to keep San Francisco's defense honest and to get those 92 yards on the ground that way with with 23 carries I thought was was pretty pretty good for them because they needed that offensive balance they needed to run the football 20 plus times in order to keep that offensive balance as your co-host, I get to do one thing. I get to add one. Can I? Go ahead. Or honorable mention. Let's do honorable that. mention to your three stars, Marcus Colston. Record-setting well, day. Well, he's, he he's so quiet. Hours. I forgot about him. Yeah. Quiet storm. I forgot quiet about storm. him. Quiet <laughs> storm. So that's a just just we'll call that honorable mention. Yeah. That's yes. a, that, well, yeah, yeah. We can well, make him a, a star on his own. Stars. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. He's worthy. Fair enough. All right, John Shazer with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Don't forget Jared Bell from USA Today. And uh, a little bit later in the show, head coach Sean Payton here on this Monday of a shortened work week now for the New Orleans Saints. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the injury situation a little bit, and we'll get you that kicker montage when we come right back. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans for Guys Night Out, presented by Mellow Mushroom on Oak. Guys Night Out happens at home games throughout the season and includes two tickets, two draft beers, two pint glasses, a post-game photo with two dance team members, and a $10 gift card to Mellow Mushroom on Oak for as low as $88. Grab your pals and get on board for the next Guys Night Out on Friday, November 22nd against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Visit pelicans.com for tickets today. Are you ready for healthcare reform? At Blue Cross, we're ready to help. Learn all you can about healthcare reform at bcbsla.com slash reform. Here you'll find information on tax credits, health insurance options, answers to frequently asked questions, and a handy checklist to help you prepare. Visit us today at bcbsla.com slash reform and get ready. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana is an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association and is incorporated as Louisiana Health Service and Indemnity Company. Follow us on Twitter at Black Blue Report. Saints winners yesterday again, 23-20 over the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, a little bit later in the show, Jared Bell from USA Today, head coach Sean Payton. Pelicans were winners over the weekend. They got the day off yesterday. They're back to work today. We'll touch on that a little bit later in the show as well. Sean Kelly, John DeShazer, producer Dan, all here. Um, let's get right to this kicker situation. Uh, here's Garrett Hartley. What did he miss? So four of his last six going yeah, into the four, yesterday's yeah, game? Yeah, four of his, yeah. I was on the road with the uh, with the Pelicans on the West Coast most of last week. Uh, so you were holding down the Saints fort here. Um, describe for me the mood with regard to the kicking question mark um, last week. Well, I mean, speculation, right or wrong, was that Garrett Hartley might not be on the roster come game time. Um, Saints brought in some kickers. 
uh, to work them out. It just so happened to be when he was in the midst of this slump. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, there was there was legitimate reason to believe that he might not be on the team. Now, Coach, Coach, Coach Payton said that, you know, they do this, you know, weekly where they bring guys in, kind of upgrade their, their grading status on them, make sure that the guy is – who they thought he was and, and you know if he's improved or, or slipped or whatever so you know but it just so happened that they had some kicking trials last week while Garrett Hartley was in the midst of this you know missing four out of his last six kicks and so you know but he handled it uh, I thought uh, as well and as mature as a guy could possibly handle it uh, came to the locker room the open locker room you know, fielded all the questions, took all the bullets. Uh, he reads Twitter. He said, you know, fans were giving him some not so nice advice from time to time, and and uh, and 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 you know, fans are fickle. I mean, when Garrett Hartley has missed kicks here, they have been ready to get rid of him on the spot. I guess that's just the life of a kicker, and uh, and so he, but he came, he pulled through yesterday. Um, you know, he got into a, a nice rhythm early with the short kick. And then uh, the 42-yarder, which I thought was the critical one that he made uh, made in the, in the fourth quarter. To tie the game. To tie the right. game, and that, and that was big. Not that it was the length, but it was the situation that went along with it and uh, hit it cleanly and, and smooth and right down the middle. And so, you know, and then the last one was pretty much a chip shot also. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure his confidence level has got to be high. And he looks, you know, like the guy who, you know, he said it was there were minor tweaks. He spoke to John Carney. Uh, one of his mentors and, and another longtime NFL kicker on the way to the game yesterday. And he said, basically, Carney told him, you know, look, settle down, you know, take yourself out of the situation. There's only so much you can control, control what you can control. And uh, he looked like a, a more confident guy making those three kicks yesterday. His teammates hadn't given up on him. Uh, Drew Brees said, you know, he'd gone through the locker room, patted him on the back a couple of times last week, told him, you're our guy. He saw some other people doing it in the locker room. And let's not forget, this is the guy who made the kick who took the Saints to the Super Bowl, you know, in, in overtime against Minnesota. So it's not like he's an, an, a non-accomplished kicker. He has made clutch kicks for this team. Uh, so, you know, for him to to be in a little bit of a mini slump, you like to see him. It was good to see him snap out of it. Yep, three seconds left when he went out there. Uh, time expired as the play went down, and the Saints were victorious. I don't think anybody else talked to his holder yesterday, Luke McCown. We did. So, um, I guess I guess are we going to call this a a black and blue report exclusive? This is a black and blue exclusive. Producer Dan, do we have a sounder for that or no? Probably not. That's okay. That's the budget will yeah. grow. When what's yeah? This what's show the, what's takes the, off. I like the Walter Cronkite music. The, the when breaking he used to come news on. type yeah, breaking thing. News. Yes. Or a typewriter in the back because well, that's a little old fashioned. Nobody uses a typewriter anymore. But still, well, that doesn't mean we can't be old school. Well, you know, I, I'd like that. You know. All right, with that, here is our Black and Blue Report exclusive. The kicker holder montage has put together by producer Dan uh, just, just moments ago. I walked off, and the first thing I told uh, you know, Justin uh, Drescher was, hey, we're going to be up again. Good eight, two. Possessions in the fourth quarter ending on Garrett Hartley field goals. Honestly, I, I don't even know if I looked up. I mean, I, you can kind of tell, you know, just from the sound of the hit. I don't even know if I looked up. Once he hit it, I just kind of figured it and it went through. So, 
again, you got to credit his mental toughness. Yeah, it came off pretty clean. You know, good rotation. And honestly, I didn't even know that uh, all the time ran off the clock. I still thought, hey, well, we got to kick off and squib this. That's why I was just kind of like, and by the time, you know, guys like Zach Streif and whatnot, you know, got out of my field of vision. That way I could see the store, you know, uh, I guess the clock, you know, just a you know, great feeling, um, you know, to share this with, uh, you know, my teammates. We talked about starting a new streak. All, all that ever happens when you miss one is just a chance to start a new streak. And that's what I told him. And uh, he, he, he made every one this week, you know, uh, didn't even flirt with a miss this week in practice. So I knew, if, you know, Imagine you're on a roller coaster ride. I remember flashback. It was at Texas Flags growing up. Everything goes forward. It's really fun. And then you got to do the whole thing backwards again. Do that about 10 times to get off. And that's honestly, you know, uh, I think any kicker's career, uh, they can be viewed as a roller coaster ride. But, you know, being thick skinned and strong willed and honestly just believing in yourself is. Um, it truly is just one of those things, and it, it, it's going to help me, you know, just do what I can, and you know, for this team, and uh, help us win. I mean, there's a certain way that uh, you know, it's like a golfer that likes how he stands over the ball. You know, he, whether he plays it back or forward, or he likes it. It's the same thing. You know, kickers like the way that, that the ball leans a little bit, maybe forward, maybe to the inside. So to be able to catch the ball and place it where he needs it to be in order for him to be successful, it takes a, a lot of work. All right, with that, we'll kind of close the book on the uh, Saints and 49ers. I've wanted to say Saints and Jets. Even last night in the press box when you and I did our post-game wrap for NewOrleansaints.com, I almost said Jets like three times. Maybe I was just willing a better result from the – the prior game or something, I don't know. Yeah, but New York State of mind. Something. So Saints and 49ers in the book. This one goes to the black and gold. And uh, and now a short week as we get ready for Atlanta. Real quick, Jabari Greer yesterday, uh, what looks to be a significant left leg injury. I don't have the facts, so I don't want to speculate any more than that. But um, yeah, now two of your top three cornerbacks are, are out, at least – is what I will gather from the injury report as it gets released officially. Well, how does this work now? Normally we get it on Wednesday. Well, maybe Tuesday. I'm not maybe exactly Tuesday. sure. I mean, it, it obviously looked pretty gruesome. Uh, you know, these and and you know maybe I'm I'm uh, well I'm a little biased here because I like the guy, but he is he's such a, a nice man. You know, nice individual and uh, a guy who really leans heavily on his faith. And so, you know, one, you don't you don't like to see anyone injured, uh, especially one that looks like this one looked. Uh, but, you know, to lose him obviously is, is, is a huge blow. But these guys have been next man up all season um, somehow or another. And, and, in fact, the guy who replaced him was Corey White, who, mm-hmm. you know, who almost had to pick six, who played that, who played it wonderfully. And I, was, I remember thinking to myself, you know, I wonder if he's going to jump this route. And, bam, he jumped it. And so, you know, they've gone with the mantra next man up. I'm sure they'll, you know, there will be probably a, a signing for death purposes. But with this team right now, um, you know, their best DBs are, are you know, the three-man package and four-man package with, you know, a lot of safeties on the field. Yeah, uh, yep. And if, if Kenny Vaccaro comes back, you know, he's proven to be a capable nickel as a starter. In those situations, you can put him in the slot and he can he can cover people and, 
you know, you go with Corey White and, and you know, maybe Rod Sweeting is going to have to step up. He's, you know, a rookie who's been inactive um, most of the season. So he might have to, you know, come to the, you know, be actually active in the games, you know, if, if nothing else for special teams purposes. But, you know, one thing I can say about this team is, you know, when people have gone down, whether it's been Malcolm Jenkins or Roman Harper or Kenny Vaccaro or Jonathan Vilma or Will Smith, someone else has always stepped into the breach and performed well. So, you know, they, there won't be an expectation for anything less than that. All right, short week, uh, less physical week, I'm sure, between now and Thursday night, kickoff at the Georgia Dome. I'm sure uh, head coach Sean Payton will give us uh, more about the week's schedule a little bit later here on the Black and Blue Report as we play the highlights from his late Monday morning presser. J.D., thank you, sir. Anytime, man. Got it. Good All to right. be here. Uh, Jared Bell, USA Today. Talk more about the uh, Saints win over the 49ers and the weekend in the NFL in just one minute. Okay, you've just been told you have a serious heart issue. Congestive heart failure, a valve problem, a complex rhythm disorder. Now what? At Auctioner, we suggest you take a moment and do some research. When you do, you'll find Auctioner Medical Center as the only heart program in the region ranked among the nation's best by U.S. News & World Report. We routinely treat the most complex cases with revolutionary procedures such as surgical and non-surgical valve replacements and the total artificial heart. And we have the largest, most comprehensive program for treating arrhythmias in the Gulf South, offering options not available elsewhere in the region. At the end of the day, the most important thing to hear is... I just saw your test results, and they look great. No problems. Leading Edge Care. Just one more reason to choose an Auctioner-affiliated physician. For an appointment, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. As promised, Jared Bell from USA Today here on this Monday uh, edition of the Black and Blue Report. Okay, first of all, pleasure to meet you, sir. Um, we got to get to it because John and I were talking earlier in the show, and we're, we're biased. Our checks is signed by Mr. Benson. Your, yours is not. So unbiased opinion of yesterday's game, the clothesline hit on Drew Brees. Good call, bad call, unfortunate timing of the call. But we need we need some objectivity here to help us through this. No, really, it, it was a good call by the letter of the law, mm-hmm. and I don't think it was intentional in any way. And we've seen that happen so often, and and that's the part about the uh, the rules that protect the quarterbacks and the defensive uh, players that really just you know throw you for a loop because you could see certain situations where guys, for example, will launch into an opponent and he'll go head first or something like that. And there's no question about that, but this was an inadvertent situation. It's great timing for the saints because you know, it's in that situation. Yeah. It's, a, it's a third down. It's a strip fun, strip sack fumble, whatever. Sack, right. Strip. And, I, and I bring it up because I knew the 49ers would be sore about it. That, that, that makes total sense. But then this morning, kind of everybody Monday morning quarterbacking around the country, a lot of the national folks were saying, you know, the saints, went on a controversial call or that the, the Saints escaped because of that call. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm a little biased again. And, and I was on that letter of the law platform. So I had to hear it from you. I had to hear from somebody that comes in from outside the building. Yeah, but, but it's also true that the Saints did survive. Yes. <laughs> and it's also true that if the 49ers had made a first down on any of their last two possessions, either of their last two possessions, then perhaps we're talking about a Saints loss. So – Yes, you could look at that one play as the uh, 
you know, as the, as the swing factor, but I'm still not ready to go there because it was a call that had to be made. Because if you don't make that call and you're an official, then you're definitely not going to be officiating in the playoffs or the Super Bowl. This sure. is true. This is true. I didn't mean to rush you into that to start off. Let's let's no, now the fine. now the formal introduction. I, Jared Bell, everybody from USA <laughs> Today. Um, how long? How many years now for you covering the National Football League? Wow, it's been a while. It's been thirty years. Uh, plus. I knew it was yes. two plus decades at least. Yeah, two two decades at USA Today, and then before that, three years covering the Forty ers and before that, as I cut my teeth in this business in Dallas, it was nine years in Dallas, and most of those nine years covered the Cowboys. So now you've seen actually your two old teams, I guess, in the last two weeks, because you've, right. you've seen the last two with the Saints, mm-hmm. yep. which would be Cowboys and 49ers. Yeah, I found that as a personal scheduling quirk. Interesting. <laughs> I like how you do that. That's very, that's very I didn't cool. do that on purpose. I got it from the uh, the um, editor, and he said, okay, you go to New Orleans Back-to-back weeks. I'm not going to turn that down. No. Did you stay the whole time? No. No, I thought about it. But, no, I went home uh, last Tuesday and then came back Saturday night. All right. So, what's your take? You've seen the Saints now play a team that I don't think is very good. And you've seen them play yesterday in a San Francisco team that I think is very good. So, what's your takeaway from the two in-person visits with the Saints for you? Yeah. Great question. The, the Saints are a much more complete team than I think they even were during the Super Bowl year. Mm. I think they've got the potential for that. With this, this defense is so much better, it seems, in different situations. And um, I, I'm excited about that. And, and for me, not being around here, I've kind of had to, to get the roster out and, and, and kind of figure out who these young guys are. So they've done a phenomenal job of bringing in some, some fresh talent. I remember going back to um, – uh, training camp and seeing Will Smith down and Jonathan Vildman. It's like, oh, my God, they lost these veteran guys and they're trying to build this new defense. Well, um, guess what? They had some, some bodies in place that could, could do some great things. Uh, Jabari Greer's loss going, is obviously going to, 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 to hurt them. But um, I like what I see with this defense. And then they rushed for 242 yards last week against the Cowboys. We know what Drew Brees in the passing game can do, and we know – Jimmy Grant, when he's healthy and in, in full rhythm, what that means. But you add that to this defense, and I think the Saints really have the the type of complete team that can go a long way. Now, obviously, and I don't have to tell you guys this, but you know what the big question is going to be is whether or not this can travel. And we're going to find out mm-hmm. in Seattle in a couple of weeks. Let's get to that in just a moment. First, let me ask you about tonight, because a lot of Saints fans will have their eyeballs on Monday Night Football tonight with Carolina hosting New England. What can you tell us about Carolina, who's right on the heels of the Saints right now in the division? Yeah, trying to build a complete team. I mean, that front seven is spectacular. And it was last year. They brought in two rookie defensive tackles, uh, Star Lutulele and Kawan Short, their first two picks. And now you put that in the middle of a defense that was already pretty good and it's gone to an even higher level. So it's tough to run against them. Um, and then the secondary, they've they've kind of um, have been able to, to kind of hide their deficiencies, if you will, what a lot of people perceive to be the weakness with the front seven. Cam Newton, on the other hand, a different type of player, maturing a bit, but still not putting up huge passing numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but he's not making a lot of mistakes. 
I think that's the thing with him. Even though he had a, a couple picks last week, um, you know they, they still won. A couple turnovers against us, um, San Francisco, and then the game before that he had a couple turnovers. So he still had some of those issues. But in talking to Mike Shula, the offensive coordinator, a couple of weeks ago, he told me that the thing that he's really pleased with with Cam in terms of his progress is just the fact that he's making better decisions, not making as many bad decisions. So when you get that with a good defense on the other side to, to, to pair it up with, then that gives you a chance to win. And we'll find out about them a little bit. We'll find out about them tonight against uh, New England. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they match up against the Saints. If they beat New England, well, that's going to set up two big battles there in December between the Saints and the Panthers. Okay, Sunday night football gets the benefit of what we love to call, what is it, flex scheduling. Monday night football gets them as they, as they lay out. Um, if all things go right here as far as Saints beating the Falcons on Thursday night, Seattle's got the bye this weekend. That Monday night football game after the Thanksgiving feast there um, should lay out nicely for ESPN. Will that be, in your eyes, a battle of the two best teams in the NFC, Saints and Seahawks, on that Monday night? At this moment it does, but I think you saw yesterday that the 49ers are still not to be counted out completely. Okay. Okay, they're mm-hmm. six and four right now. Conceivably, they can get on a run, and whatever the record is, it, it may not matter if you're twelve and four, eleven and five, ten and six. Once you get in, we've seen teams get in regardless of the record. I think the the question in terms of how viable a team like that would be is whether or not you can take it on the road and win on the road. And obviously, the Saints and the Seahawks, when they are at home, they are almost unbeatable but we saw Seattle I mean we, we, we saw New Orleans yesterday almost get beat mm-hmm. but the question is by what type of team and that the 49ers team with that tough defense you can travel well but you know, they've got some strides they need to make on offense no, no question about that but when you start talking about playoff football it gets a, a lot tighter so I, I, yeah New Orleans Seattle maybe in the other order right now, the best two teams in football, but that could change on December 2nd no, you're right. or December you're right. 15th or whatever. It's the great part about this time of year. There's no doubt. And injuries will play into this too. So. And then we'll see what happens with Carolina. Yes. I mean, could, could they be a team if they you know, hang one, oh one or two on the Saints, yep. then all of a sudden we're having a different discussion. But Carolina, a lot like San Francisco, that type of team that could travel. And, and you know what's interesting about it is that we, we talk about this era of NFL football where it's pass happy, it's offense, it's offense, which it still is. I know where you're going with this. But you've got to have the yep. completeness in order to go far because what happens once you get to January is that you'll face the, – the quality of opponents is going to be so much better than what you face on a week-to-week basis in the regular season. And teams are, are very good at attacking other teams' weaknesses and, and – having fewer weaknesses themselves. So that's why the, the more complete you are, the better your chances. Good stuff. Jared Bell from USA Today. Uh, pleasure to meet you. You and J.D. go back, I know. So uh, this is a good yeah. thing. Where does, where does USA Today take you next? What's on your docket here? Well, I've got, I've got, uh, I've got Sunday Night Football next week, which is uh, Denver – and New England. Denver again on Sunday night, really? Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> kidding. <laughs> Peyton and Brady. Yeah, yeah go and on. And then I've got a Thanksgiving game, Ravens and Steelers, and then I've got um, Bengals and Chargers, and then 
Saints, Seahawks. I was going to say, I bet so we'll I've see got, you again. Yeah, yes. I've got four games over the next couple of weeks here. Safe travels. Okay. Happy Thanksgiving. Yep. And that's not too early for that, is it, Dan? No. Okay. No. Fair enough. Good deal. Thanks for the visit. Yep. Right. Jerry Bell from USA Today. Uh, when we come back, a little bit of Sean Payton's media availability today, right here on the Black and Blue Report. Hey there. What you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Welcome back to this Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Kind of, uh, we're tightening things up a little bit here on this Monday. Of course, normally on Monday we look back at the Sunday Saints game with head coach Sean Payton. Uh, this week we barely look back and we start to look forward uh, to uh, this Thursday's game on a very short week with the Atlanta Falcons. So, Coach Payton today, and kind of a twist, was on the telephone with the media. And so, uh, a couple of the highlights from his press conference with them on this Monday morning. Let's start with putting to putting yesterday uh, to bed. Uh, in reflection upon the game, and Coach Payton said early in the conference call that they haven't even gotten through all the film yet because they've already turned their attention, for the most part, to the Atlanta Falcons. So that was interesting. But what he did recall, though, from yesterday or wanted to expand upon, certainly defensively yesterday the Saints did a good job of meeting the challenge of the San Francisco run game. And also Coach Payton said that favorable third-down situations were key. I said this after the game. What was encouraging was we were able to you know, create those third downs that we felt were favorable. <clears throat> and conversely, we were able to run the ball, I, I thought, uh, in both those areas uh, against a real good 49ers front. I thought we ran it very well, and I thought against a, a very good rushing attack, one of the better rushing attacks in football, I thought we defended the run w- real well. And ultimately, I, I think those two those two goals, I would say, probably were the most uh, important keys to us winning that game, and, and we, we achieved both of them. The other thing on kind of a down note re- reflecting about yesterday was uh, some questions about Jabari Greer, who suffered the leg injury yesterday in the uh, win over the 49ers. Uh, Coach Payton did not have an official report on uh, Greer's uh, condition, the nature of the injury uh, in any detail, but he did say that he did have time to uh, obviously speak with Jabari Greer, who was at the hospital last night. As, as well as you could be expected, uh, he's a strong person, and, uh, you know, it's – it's. Uh it's something that nonetheless is still difficult, but, uh, but you know, he seemed to be doing, uh, he seemed to be hanging in there and he was with his family. All right. So that kind of in a very quick way puts a, a wrap to coach Payton on yesterday's ball game. When we come back in one minute, we'll ask coach Payton about the shortened week and what that means for his football team. All-star electric is lighting up the future with the latest in led lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. 
This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Being the official chicken of the New Orleans Saints, we're more than just fans of the Saints. We're fans of Saints fans. So on game day, we make sure they're reloaded with tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. The best chicken fingers around, we got this. Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. Hardwood, hardball, and hard knocks. This is the Black and Blue Report. Final segment of the Black and Blue Report and a final uh, take here for Coach Payton on this Monday as we come to you from Studio B today. We'll talk Pelicans in just a moment. But with regard to the shortened work week now for the New Orleans Saints, they'll play on Thursday night in Atlanta, which means Wednesday is also uh, a travel day. Uh, certainly the short week has its challenges uh, for Coach Payton, even though Atlanta is a familiar opponent. I think from that aspect, someone you've played already, I think it can – make the transition for Atlanta as well as ourselves um, a little less hectic. I, I think the big challenges are, are obviously physically playing a game, uh, an afternoon game, and then turning around and, and playing another game here in, in a few days. Uh, I think, you know, the toll uh, on, on the players and just trying to get them as much rest as possible prior to playing another football game. In expanding upon that, Coach Payton uh, kind of talked about the approach. Not that there is a, a unique approach or a new trend or using old ideas. This is kind of what he had to say about what has to happen here with regard to the physical versus the mental. I don't know that there's anything new. I think it's it's always about, you know, backing off, uh, obviously, any padded practices, and it becomes more more the mental in regards to meeting meetings and walkthroughs and you know, allowing their bodies to recover. All right, so that'll do it for Coach Payton uh, today with a very short uh, and on-the-telephone press conference with the media this Monday. That's going to do it for us on this Monday, too, in the Black and Blue Report. Our thanks to Mr. Jared Bell from USA Today, John DeShazer, Luke McCown, uh, and uh, Garrett Hartley, too. Good Monday. It feels good, doesn't it, when the uh, Saints and Pelicans are both winners over the weekend. Speaking of those Pelicans, uh, they got back to the practice floor today, had yesterday off after their dominant win over the Philadelphia 76ers on Saturday night. That started the homestand, which continues on Wednesday against the Utah Jazz. Tickets are available for that basketball game. We'll certainly continue our conversation about the Saints and Falcons tomorrow, but tomorrow we'll also uh, get back into Pelicans conversation. Chris Broussard from ESPN stops by. Television voice of the Pelicans, Joel Myers, and a whole lot more tomorrow. Oh, uh, yes, Producer Dan. Daniel Salerson's visit with WWE. Is that right? It's not WWF anymore. WWE superstars uh, Ray Mysterio who's the little guy, right? He had a mask on when I met him. Yes. And the big guy was Seamus, who's an Irishman like me. I'm looking forward to it. Tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Should be a good week of shows. Hope you'll uh, stay tuned and help spread the word, won't you? Follow on Twitter at Black Blue Report or at Sean Kelly Live. Until tomorrow, noon central, for another edition of the Black and Blue Report, I am Sean Kelly. And so long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. 
If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.